dramatic introductions to the reality of Good Friday, a day where we take time to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. And today as we do that, I want to focus on three elements of the crucifixion story, and those are the last three sentences that Jesus spoke before he died, as Luke records them. The first is in chapter 23 from verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. This is a cruel scene of torture and injustice. An innocent man nailed to a tree and crucified. The son of God between true criminals sentenced to death. The soldiers rolling dice to see who would get his clothes and mocking Jesus. The people standing by watching it all take place. The rulers mocking and scoffing at Jesus. But I want to ask you a question today. Who are you in this story? Are you a criminal? Are you one of the guilty ones being punished justly for your crimes? Well, I guess we could probably say yes to this one. We've all done the wrong thing. We've all sinned. I'd say we've all broken the law, both God law, God's law and probably the government's too. Yes, we are all guilty and deserving of punishment. Or are you one of the people are you one of the people standing by looking on at this scene unfolding in front of your eyes and doing nothing? Looking but not speaking out at the injustice. Looking on but not taking action to stand up for what is right. Well, yes, there's been times where all of us have been in that position. So I guess you could probably say, yes, we are one of the people. Are you one of the rulers? Are you one of the people who may even lead others in mocking, insulting, scoffing or ridiculing what God is doing and where God is moving amongst his people? Blinded by our own ideas and closed off to the spirit and God's work being done amongst you that you criticise or even deride what you are blinded to. Well, yes, I'm sure we've all been there at one point or another. We've all been in a position where we've put the boot in and maybe even led others to do the same. Are you a soldier? Are you faithful in following out the orders of the person you follow 
regardless whether it's good or right. Hiding behind the decisions of others or deferring to other people rather than taking personal responsibility or ownership of your own actions and choices. Well, yes, I think we've all been a soldier. Who are we in this story? We've all been a soldier, a ruler, a bystander and a criminal. We've all failed and fallen. We've all been on the wrong side of the line. And what is Jesus' response to each of these groups of people of whom we are all one or more of them? Jesus' words are this, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. By an amazing act of grace and mercy, Jesus asks Father God to forgive us even as the nails are being driven into his hands, even as his clothes are being stripped from him, even as he's hung between criminals, even as he's mocked and ridiculed, the love, grace and mercy of our Saviour towards us shines through as Jesus asks for our forgiveness. The first of the three final sentences that Jesus spoke was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The second of the three final sentences Jesus spoke is found in Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. You can always count on self-interest, can't you? This criminal asked Jesus, isn't he the Messiah? Isn't he the chosen one, the one sent to save them? Well, if so, well, go on, save yourself and me too. You can always count on self-interest. He doesn't acknowledge Jesus for who he is for that purpose. He acknowledges it for his own betterment and his own standing. can always count on self-interest. Yeah, the other criminal is aware of his own standing with the Lord. He knows that he has transgressed and is being justly punished for his crimes. And he recognises the truth about Jesus too. Jesus was innocent. He was not. This second criminal spoke truth. 
Even as he was dying a slow and painful death on the cross, this second criminal spoke the truth about the injustice being dished out to Jesus. And he not only confesses, but repents of his sins before Jesus. A genuine encounter with Jesus is all we need to change our eternal destiny. We were all at one point in time in the same position as the first criminal, full of self-interest, living for ourselves. Some here today might still be in that place. The captain of our own destiny, beholden to no one. Living your own life by your own rules. But know this, friend, a genuine encounter with Jesus is all we need to change our eternal destiny. The second criminal had that genuine encounter with Jesus. He stood right beside Jesus and saw this innocent man comply and endure everything that was done to him. As Jesus was spat on, as he was beaten, as he was mocked, as he was stripped naked and shamed in front of a crowd of people who chose to release a convicted criminal over an innocent man, he had a genuine encounter with the love, grace and mercy of Jesus and his destiny changed forever. This man confessed his sins before Jesus, acknowledged who Jesus was and sought his forgiveness as he said to Jesus, Remember me. And the second last sentence that Jesus spoke was to this man where he said, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Forgiven. This man was forgiven. A genuine encounter with Jesus is all we need to change our eternal destiny. And Jesus wants to have a genuine encounter with you. He wants you to see him for truly who he is, the Son of God sent by the love of the Father to save us from the penalty of our sins through a saving faith in him. A genuine encounter with Jesus is all we need to change our eternal destiny. The first of the three final sentences Jesus spoke was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The second was, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the last of the final three sentences Jesus spoke is found in verse 44, the death of Jesus. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. 
and all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. One thing that Jesus demonstrated right up until his last breath was excellent submission to God's will. Jesus never wavered from his purpose or his calling. He spoke to his disciples in the days and months leading up to this very moment and told them what would take place. He gave them instructions and insight so they would know and be at peace that this indeed was God's will. And what effect did his submission to God's will have? Well, in his submission to God's will, he paid the penalty for our sins and won salvation for all who believe in him. That is what he did for us through his submission to God's will. But look at what he did for those who observed it. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. Matthew records the words of the centurion as this, truly this was the son of God. See, Jesus' submission to God's will brought about a confession of truth and understanding in the centurion, a Roman soldier. And it also brought about grief and repentance for those who watched these events take place as well. And what events they were. They observed Jesus' behaviour towards his enemies They observed the words spoken to the repentant criminal, the supernatural darkness which spanned from 12 noon till 3 p.m., Jesus' prayer to God asking for their forgiveness, and Jesus giving up his life. Even in death, Jesus was in control of things. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. His final words. Jesus' submission to the Father's will led people to repentance and to confession of faith. And I do do not believe that things have changed for those who submit to the Father's will. When we submit to the Father's will, we too bear witness to others, which God can use to lead people to repentance and to confession of faith. Because when we submit to the Father's will, we are declaring His greatness and His glory above our own. We are laying aside our ambitions and our plans and deferring to those of the creator of the universe. We're declaring that God's best is the best. We are bearing witness to the greatness of God. We are submitting humbly to his will 
And that makes a difference. That speaks powerfully into a world that screams the opposite. When we, when we submit to the Father's will, we bear witness to others of the greatness of God and his glory, which God can use to lead people to repentance and confession of faith. So the first of the three final sentences Jesus spoke was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they've done. The second was, truly I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the final words that Jesus spoke were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Forgiveness, love, grace and mercy and submission to the Father's will. These are the last things that Jesus spoke before his death. These things are genuinely good. And so may we become more like Jesus and speak these over and into our lives and the lives of others. May we speak forgiveness. May we speak love. May we speak grace. May we speak mercy. May we walk in submission to the Father's will and bear his witness. May we be encouraged today on this Good Friday to speak forgiveness, love, grace and mercy and submission to the Father's will. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we indeed do thank you for those attributes that Jesus displayed for us which are genuinely good. And we thank you for his last words of love, forgiveness, grace and mercy and complete submission to your will. Lord, today we do thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. And what we thank you for most of all is what that has done for each one of us, that we too are saved by that amazing act of mercy. And so, Lord, may we speak love. Lord, may we speak forgiveness. Lord, may we speak grace. Lord, may we speak mercy. And Lord, may we walk in submission to the Father's will and bear your witness. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.